I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, 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 and welcome to The New Normal with me, Deborah Francis-White. This is an Instagram live show from The Guilty Feminist about life and feminism in lockdown. And so I'm just going to wait until we get a quorum, and then I'm going to get on our fabulous guest for the day. It's the incredible Kerry Howard. She's known for a plethora of TV shows, my favourite being Him and Her, in which she played... Um, uh, the 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 frankly uh, uh, glorious and uh, at the same time horrendous uh, sister character who had an extravagant wedding. Uh, many of you will remember that, and and she got BAFTA nominated for it. Very very exciting. Uh, she's all over the telly. You'll see her in loads of things. Um, and today she is on the new normal, telling us about her life in lockdown. So I am going to bring her on now. I can see there we are, and in five. Four, three. It's Carrie Howard. Welcoming Carrie Howard. There she is. Hello. Is this okay? This is so okay. And I can see you've got your fabulous ring light. Ring. I also have a ring light today. Turn it down. It's a little bit. There, she's in the ring. That's nice. Hey. That's now you are on the side. That's the only thing. So we're watching you like that. Oh. So I'm this way and you're. Lying down. Looks like you're lying down. Oh. There you go. Out. Yay. I'll just, I'll just hold her, sorry. Do you know what? I'm going to put it on another tripod. Excellent. I've got so many tripods. It's ridiculous. I mean, the, the tech we all have now, we all have a television studio in our own house. Yeah. Absolutely happens. bizarre. I don't mind that, you know, because I'm, I live in Bath. So actually going forward, when we get back to our other normal, um, mm. I have lots of meetings still in Bath because I've been able to do that now. So it's good. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, someone called Stately Larry says, nice asses, DFW. What brand are they? And I don't know what you mean. Oh, glasses. Glasses. So, they're Trelise Cooper. They're so good. Oh, he's now uh, he's updating that to glasses. But it sounded like asses. Like, yeah. Um, my ass is my own. Ass is model's own. Uh, and it is substantial, and that is becoming more popular by the day. Asses have come into their own. Uh, yeah. The glasses are Trelise Cooper, uh, and she gave them to me because uh, my old ones broke because I took them on and off 3,000 times a day, and I couldn't, in lockdown, no opticians could, were open to put them back together, and so she gave me so many different pairs of glasses, and I still have to do a modelling shoot with them all. Um, yeah. but, Indeed. You've got very beautiful eyes, Kerry, if you don't mind me saying. And it, if it's not, that sounds like I'm hitting on you at the top of the show. Okay, so Stately Larry was not trolling. He says, oh my God, goodness, I'm mortified, so sorry, typo. That's the kind of gentleman troll we get. It's not really a troll. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a typo. It's a Freudian typo, though, Stately Larry. Whenever I do go live, I get this guy, I can't remember what it's called, but he always says, I want you to have slime on your jeans or gunge or gunk. I don't know what it is. It's some kind of innuendo that I'm not street with. Ooh, I think that sounds like a horrible kink. But I shouldn't say horrible kink. No kinks are horrible. Sorry, that's, that was so judgmental of me. A kink, a non-judgmental kink, if both parties are consensual, but what you should not do is 
impose your kink on other people, especially strangers, yeah. just this writing to them. Stately Larry is claiming he's gay, so it wasn't a Freudian slip. Could have been a Freudian typo. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, Stately Larry, we accept that that was a, that was a, it was probably, it was probably an autocorrect. Maybe your autocorrect is straight and sleazy. Maybe, maybe. Uh, I mean, but yeah, your eyes are so beautiful. Do, we, do people say that to you all the time? Um, I've had a few directors say that, like in close-ups, they've gone, ooh, eyes. And it's mm. like, I guess in, I think because I'm quite a manic person when I talk, maybe I move, I'm, like, people don't notice. I don't know. I, I've had it, I've had it a couple of times. Had it a couple of times. Um, yeah, just, I've just really, really noticed now on this camera. Um, so the first question of the new normal is, how the hell are you? I'm okay. I'm, I'm holding up all right. I mean, I've been through a massive change in my life anyway. So I was living with my parents for two and a half years with my two boys. And then the week before lockdown, I bought my own house and I moved in. And um, I self-isolated for a week before lockdown because Callum, my youngest, had a cough. And I thought, he's got corona. Um, he didn't yeah. have it's just a fucking cough. But I shut down. And it was like, oh my God, I am actually a proper single mum because there's mm. no parents to parent me parenting. Not that mm. they stop, but I didn't have that security blanket. It was mm. literally in a weekend, wiped away. And then right. the nation is on lockdown. And I was like, oh, and my mum was like, Kara, if you just stayed that weekend, if you'd just gone back home, like, you could have been here the whole time. And then, um, and she I know. Because ironically, Russell, my older brother, moved back home into my ha room and started a film like show there. And mum's just surrounded by bollocks. So she's got no female energy. Oh, God. Yeah, it's a, I mean, uh, it's So Russell's moved home. Yeah. It feels <laughs> like Russell could have got his own place by now. Just he's quite successful. <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't mind me saying. No, no, no. Not at all. His wife I mean, so are you, but you were living at home because you had two small children. No, his, his wife is a doctor, and she basically was like, I'm going to war. You need to go home and take um, to your mums, look after them, and I need to get my head down, and I need to do a really great job, and I can't be, you know, right. you know being Looking a wife. after you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And she knew that Russell, at that time, it was like everyone's work stopped, and Russell's never not worked. So she just mm -hmm. was like, I can't do that. And I mean, weirdly, Russell did literally just like create a new show straight away with Sky. So he was been really busy and that's been brilliant. Um, but I think he's had, like most people, massive anxiety um, mm -hmm. about around people. And in Bath, it's really quiet. And I, he's going to go back at some point. I really worry about him because London's very busy. And it's mm -hmm. just... We've all got new anxiety now about yes, you know, and that's the thing. We're all much more risk averse than we were yeah. at two months ago, three months ago. Um, like strangers to us now are walking viruses. For me, it's my family, and my friends. I'm like, there's a fluidity of truth. I know that they've been shielding, so I'm I'm okay with them coming into my back garden. And for me, that feels really controlled, really staying alert. Whilst mm -hmm. meeting them in a park, having to navigate strangers. That seems could reckless. Be, could be anyone, yeah. <laughs> Whereas if your family are coming in and staying two metres away from you, you think yeah. we've been isolating, they've been isolating, and we're standing back from each other, then you're not going to just suddenly rush at me. Whereas right. in the park, runners just run up behind you and around you, breathing really heavily. Yeah. It's not, it's, it does feel like something less trustworthy. Somebody in Camden, I've got my doors open, and somebody in Camden is having some kind of, lockdown drinks party clearly i hope it's it's a group who are isolating together and they're not having mates over but yeah. it is quite drunken and they're singing like sea shanties it's, that's what it sounds could be football chants but it, it's almost like people are kind of like almost gone into that sort of like we're in the trenches mentality mm -hmm. and like all stand together it's like no if you stand together you're all going to get sick <laughs> exactly the trenches is not a great place for you right now because you're going to infect the fuck out of each other 
hotspot. Um, <laughs> the trenches are a hotspot. Um, yeah, no, indeed, indeed, indeed. So you've suddenly become a single, a truly single mother. Do you know, it's a shame your parents weren't in Durham because oh, yeah. then you could have just gone to them. I, I mean, Many yeah, because you thought you thought your little one had corona, so you could have reasonably thought, "Well, I'm going to get it, then I'm not going to yeah. be able to look after the other one." So, the, your, if you'd followed your instincts, you would have gone back to your mum's. Yeah. And looking back now, that was a real error of judgment on your part, and I'm questioning how much you love your family now, because I think your parental instinct would have led you to a different conclusion. You know, like. Do you not yeah. have a parental instinct? I mean, that's the that's my question for you now. It's well, I, like... I was just I was terrified, so I was just like, I'm on my own. If I catch corona, my boys are potential carriers. Well, I can't send them to my parents because they're in their late sixties and they'll die. And you know, I had doctor friends that were like, if it's a choice between a thirty year old and someone your mum's age, she ain't making it. And it was like, that was like the early information where I was like, oh, fuck. So then I was like in my brain going, well, where do my children go? And, mm. and like Callie's only two and Wesley's like turned six in, in lockdown. So they're really young and like they can't really look after me if I'm bedridden. So that was like the neurosis that was going on in my head. Yeah. <laughs> so you were having the same feelings as Dominic Cummings, but what you no. didn't do was you had the same instincts, the same feelings, the same fears, but what you did, you stayed locked down and you didn't have another grown up in the house with you. Yeah, like, like most people. And also most people who actually got sick and had young children, they, they, they gritted their teeth and got through it, you know? Yeah, people are worried that I've said something rude to you that you didn't get that I was being sarcastic about Dominic Cummings. When I said, oh, I'm wondering if you've got a family instinct now. I didn't, I, it's because he said he followed his instinct. You get, you got that I was talking about him, not you, right? Yeah. Obviously. I thought so. Some, somebody said, oh my God, what if she thinks you're being mean and going, do you not have a <laughs> mothering instinct? No, I was being rude about him. Yeah, no, it's, it's like the need for my, my mum and dad not to die is greater yeah. than like me dying. Well, that's what the weird thing for me about him going there is if you've got a small child who's four, yeah. if they see their grandma or grandfather outside, they might just run out and hug them. Like you can tell them you yeah. can't hug granny and grandpa at the moment, but they might just forget because they're four or not oh. really understand what a virus is. But if so you're a four-year-old without mummy and daddy, well, if you don't touch that four-year-old in two weeks' time, that four-year-old is going to mentally get very ill. Well, because... they're saying that they did it so that their 16 or 17-year-old niece could come in and help because she wouldn't be really in danger. And I'm like, it's, it's so the, implausible, it, the whole thing. It's just such a cover-up. And it's, it's self-entitled white men running the country, making rules for themselves. And it's, you know... They say that we need... 75% um, of the population to follow the rules for it to be effective. Yeah. And 82% um, uh, are following it. So we've got more than that. And Dominic Cummings knows that. So he's like, well, I don't need to worry then. I'm not going to break the NHS on my own. I've told all of these proles to do it. Yeah. They'll all do what they're told. Then I can, I can actually drive, take my kid out to a castle and let them run around because it's fun and it's nice. And yeah. that's 100% low numbers and then he went up there and now it's got really high numbers so you just kind of think hmm well a lot of the people, the people in the cabinet have got it and it really makes me wonder if all of them just went doesn't really apply to us if they yeah. actually speak to us speak about us in that way like the proles will follow the rules um i always remember um working in a catholic school once when i was i was working as a supply teacher kerry in a catholic school and there was an elderly uh, I think it was an elderly nun who um, was still teaching there. And someone referred, talked about the rosary beads that they would get the girls together, at, there's a girls' school, get the girls together at lunchtime to do the rosary beads. And this elderly nun said, I mean, it doesn't really mean anything or do anything, but it gives the proles something to do with their hands. Uh. And it's always stuck with me that that's how sometimes people in authority 
talk about they they make rules because it gives it distracts the pros it's like in 1984 you know when they <laughs> do the lottery no one ever wins the lottery but it gives the pros something to do but and that's washing and it's complete distraction and it's just like you know this two meters thing it's, i mean it makes sense but then it's i don't know when you think about it and especially when you're in the open air and you're having to stay two meters away from someone that you know that's been isolating for 10 weeks and you have been and you're like <sighs> common sense says to you that's like you could you're safe to hug you but but fear and the guidelines mm -hmm. um wanting to break the rules but i must say this as a co-parenter it seems that the guidelines aren't applicable to us we're allowed to do whatever we want well that's now, what dominic cummings just said now he just said in that endless press press conference it, we always said that this might not be possible if you have small children well you know what's going to happen now Everyone in the country with small children is going to go, none of this fucking applies to us anymore. G give the kids out to this one. You know, I've got so many friends who are like, my God, just what I would do for, you know, and after enough, I've been feeling shit. Uh, you know, like I would love to have, you know, get my kids together with one other family, like two families we could decide we're going to be co-parents. Single mothers I know could have co-parented with another single mother where they you know, take turns taking the kids. And everyone was saying, we can't do any of that. We can't do any of that. We can't do yeah. any of that. That was everyone's instinct. This is the problem is we've all got a familial instinct yeah. about that we could follow. We were, the reason we were all crying is we were all expressly told, do not follow your natural familial instinct. Do not yeah. step up and help. Do not ask for help. This is a time when we don't follow our instinct. We follow the rules. And that's what's devastating about it is he's gone, but you've got to follow your parental instinct. Oh, completely. And like I knew someone who rented an Airbnb to have the children and then was told explicitly by the ex-partner, well, great, because he'd moved out of, of vulnerable people because he was living with his uh, parents who were over 70. And then when he didn't have the children, well, he just moved back in with his parents again, which kind of like defeated the whole purpose. Right. The other partner was trying to protect the, the parents. And then right. he just didn't. And then, like, and I was like, well, maybe you should call the police because that's a breach of the guidelines. Mm -hmm. And they basically, as soon as she said that it was like an ex-partner and they sniffed domestic abuse, they didn't want to have anything to do with it. And they're like, you can't um, tell an ex-partner what to do in their own time. And she was like, but isn't this a breach of the guidelines? No. The only way they can police it is if someone says, I've got COVID and they spit on you. And they're like, that is a crime. But right. they cannot... How can they police people swapping in between houses? How do they know? It's all a psychological game. Mm. We can all go into each other's house. Where's the police? They're not on the street. They're not on your cul-de-sac, are they? No. No, they've so, just got to trust that people will follow the rules. And, yeah. and now, and, and some people, of course, don't. But yeah. now Dominic Cummings has said, you've got to put your parental instinct over anything else. That's what people will do now. That's what people will do because they'll go, well, I'm not going to be the one who's deeply distressed and has a crying child and is not you know people are going to start going he, they left town when they had symptoms yeah i would be a lot more understanding if they hadn't had symptoms if they were like we know we know we've we we know we're, we're pretty sure we don't have it and it's day one of lockdown day one we're going to go out of town it like it's not the right thing to do but but, job and all of that and I, you kind of think, okay, ship your family up to the grandparents. You go back to London and you get your head down and you work and you don't see your family and you just helps, help cure this yeah. pandemic. But I don't actually understand why you needed to be in number 10 anyway, because weren't they all meant to be doing everything by Zoom? All of our businesses have gone to Zoom. He's like, I'm trying to get scientists involved. I'm like, scientists will take your call, mate. We've yeah. all done everything else by FaceTime. Why would you be going to visit a scientist who could potentially cure COVID? Yeah. And find a vaccine. When you've just had it, you don't really know. No. You don't really know you're immune. We don't know anything about this yet. We still don't know if people have had it or immune. You could have just given it to your kid who's given it back to you. You don't know. Like, like, why would you be going and talking to the very important people who all need to be well? You should do everything by Zoom, which is what the rest of us are doing. Anyway, we should, this is not Dominic Cummings' new normal. This is ours. So I'm going to ask you about you now. Okay. Do you have any coping mechanisms 
that you have created in um, COVID or from or in the lockdown or from the time before that helps you stay emotionally, mentally stable? Because being a single parent in lockdown with two small children, when actually you have had that support from your mum and dad for the last two and a half years is, is, must be a real kind of shock to the system to have two small, adorable, but you know, children, small children are demanding. Very do you have any, do you? And then what, sorry? Their ages are hard to navigate. Because mm. toddler needs so, and, and I've decided to potty train straight away because I'm crazy. Um, <laughs> the sport, why not? Um, six feet herb. Um, but uh, weirdly, I would say the last two and a half years where I decided to choose my freedom have been me practicing for a lockdown. Because I've been, wow. when someone doesn't want you to leave and then they make it their life to punish you and take you to court and, 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 mm -hmm. and lie and say all kinds of, like, you know, I've had my character assassinated by someone that I loved, but mm -hmm. it, like my whole world was upside down. So I feel like I've lived the worst, like disaster, personal disaster. So this is like, this is a real test of like, well, I'm solid. I've got solid foundations because that really tested me. And I didn't break because wow. I couldn't, because I had two young boys. So I couldn't have a nervous breakdown. I couldn't go and have a blowout and fuck loads of guys. Like most people do when they separate from a toxic relationship. I didn't have time to have any of that. So I had to be very mature and, and stoic. And actually that yeah. served me well going into lockdown because it was like, right, I can't have a breakdown. Life has changed, changed right now. Adjust, adjust. You can't write. You're not going to act. It's not about you. You're going to be a mum full time. That's your job, adjust. And once I did that, literally straight away, the pressure, the FOMO, what am I missing out on? It just went away. And because I have a free, freelance life, I've always been really frugal and really clever with my money. So I made sure that I moved into a pro property that I could afford. So I bought it outright, so I'm mortgage free. Wow. Very free. Um, and, I've, and I've got a business that I've, I've, I've saved a lot of money that when I'm not working, I can sustain. So I've got enough to sustain me for about a year or maybe two years if I'm really, you know. So I feel I'm in such a privileged position and I can afford to bring food in that it's okay. It's okay. It, I, can't, I really, I have nothing to complain about because there are people that can't bring food into the, onto their table and, and are, are going to be devastated economically by COVID. Not mm -hmm. only people, but like there'll be people that won't be able to recover from it financially yeah yeah, yeah. it's been stressful with kids yes but big picture i'm really blessed and i know i'm blessed and that that gratitude has really pulled me through on the bad days when i can't do anything right you know wow wow yeah i mean you you can feel the strength radiating out of you you know that you've yeah. been through this time um where someone you loved has you know, has exhibited, you know, control and, and is, has done things to, that have, have been very, very testing and that you are absolutely determined. And it feels like you're almost the first person I've talked to that's gone, lockdown, we take it on board. We take it on board as this is one of the things that happens in a, in a year and you keep going and you keep going and you keep going and you just, it's almost like, like it's just, uh, a sort of a, it's 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 one thing in a period of your life yeah of many that has asked you to step up it's like I've, I've been on the kitchen floor crying shaking one time i did that and i never want to go back to that place again because it didn't serve me it didn't make me feel better it didn't give me a, an epiphany i just right. felt wrecked and obviously sometimes you do need to cave into your emotions but i just felt I've, I, I know what that feeling is, feels like to be wretched. And I didn't want to go to that place, especially where I have nobody adult to comfort me and hug me. And it, I think it's been self-preservation to go stay strong. Mm -hmm. so, go for walks. We, 
you know, finding finding that I'm so close to the country, which I had no idea that I was. Even um, though I live in the skirts of Bath and I'm surrounded by fields. But my, 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 work, my life wasn't that. My life was school run, uh, running into London, um, doing meetings, seeing my mum. And it, it was a very sort of insular world and where I didn't really have time for country walks. They weren't right. in my life because I was always busy, busy, busy. And now it's like everyone's been forced to be, to stand still and just take time and to appreciate your local area and to discover new things. And it's doing those, those walks now. I'm just like, oh, I can breathe. This is okay. This is actually, this is actually a blessing right now. I'm lucky. Wow. No one, for the people that have had death, it's not a fucking blessing. It's a, a, it's a disaster movie for them. But yeah, I, we had to, I always say we're humans and we're trained to look for silver linings. We're all traumatized by it, for yeah. sure, um, to a greater or lesser extent. Um, and compared, and probably how much we've obeyed the rules. Um, again, yeah. not to evoke, not to evoke, uh, no, come evoke, and skate, evoke. but, but you I've know. Been very, I've been very litigious and I've been very good girl. I've been a good girl. Um, I mean, I literally had a panic attack in, the, in, the, in a co-op six weeks because it took six weeks for um, my ex to arrange a proper appropriate place for the kids to go and so I hadn't gone to a shop because you're not allowed you're only one person's allowed in the shop so if you're a single mum and obviously online stores weren't working yeah because I'm not cool so I was a bit fucked to get like food luckily my mum was like sending me food and like driving over and giving me like bags and stuff and Russell, um, and then Deliveroo added Co-op and Morrison's, and suddenly I could get my food shop in 20 minutes. So that is like literally sustained me and the kids. Wow. So I've been like, oh God, but I've still not been able to get like an online shop. It's just mental. You're like, oh yeah. God. And there's people yeah. that literally can get in the car and can queue, because there's like, you know, adults. Yeah, you, well, to, I mean, I live in Camden and you have to go and stand on the street, two meters behind the last person, and queue yeah. for ages to get into a supermarket like at Soviet Russia or something like that. And of course, we don't mind doing that. Uh, that's, no. you know, no one's complaining. It's really weird to be in London when no one's complaining. Because yeah. any, any other time, he'd be tutting. They'd be demanding, going up to the front guy, how long is this going to take? This is ridiculous. No one tuts. Nobody looks at their watch. Everyone's just like waiting very patiently. Um, it's, so, sorry? Into that sort of zen like stressed like there's no stress here and fine and food. also just like it is not that appropriate to say to a frontline worker who's risking their life yeah. by standing at that supermarket door we don't know how many people going through that door are infected and don't know um yeah. and that person's risking a viral load so you don't have a go at them and there's nothing else that can be done blitz spirit we all stand in queue and they're absolutely fine but of course if you've got two small children yeah. they're not going to be able to stand there for that length of time and people will touch at you like why are you bringing these kids in and stuff so you've just got to yeah. rely on you know family to drop it off or as you say these other delivery services to do it yeah. um is there anything that's that's something that surprised me the patient the sudden patience of londoners that i've never ever seen patient patients in londoners like that before is there anything yeah. that surprised you about your response to this or just people's response to this anything about this whole thing that's surprising I mean, for me, it's like, I'm not surprised by how vigilant I've been. And when someone tells me rules, how, how, how much of a conformist I am. I mean, it's like, well, I'm an actress and I'm told to hit my mark and directors right. tell me what to do the time. And I want to be a good girl because I want to impress the director. So it's literally like the guidelines are a director in my brain. And I want right. to hit my mark. And I'm listening to the tannoy and I'm doing all the right things. But then you get people going against the arrows, coming towards you, and you get sweat in places you haven't had sweat since you were a 16-year-old girl. And you're yeah. like, oh, my God. And uh, that's when I turn into a neurotic, crazy person. Because I'm just like, <laughs> and they look at you like you're crazy. And just because some people, I, I'm so surprised how laid back some people are. Like there was a man when I had a buggy and Wesley and I was walking on the, on the, on the street and he was ahead of me and I, I just went, what are your intentions? This was like about six weeks ago. The fear was really palpable. Yeah. And, uh, and he was like, oh, I'll just stand out here a bit. And I was like, okay. And I wanted to say, two meters, two meters. And he sort of stood a meter away from me. Mm -hmm. And I sort of, 
walking by like that, like that. Yeah. And he's just, he went, I do that in the street in Camden. I hold my breath. Like it's mental. But he looked at me and went, to be honest, love, I'm not really paranoid about this corona. And I wanted to shout at him, thousands of people have died. But you know, I've mm. got my six-year-old son. That would be very scary for him to hear. But mm -hmm. it was just the arrogance of this young 30-year-old man mm -hmm. who's, who's looking, judging me for following mm. the rules. And that's why I, I get seething, because it's just like, no, you, I should be judging you. You shouldn't be telling me that I'm this neurotic person. Yeah. I'm just crazy. No, you're right. I, I encounter sometimes someone will blow smoke on me and I'll be like, if, I can, if I'm inhaling the smoke, I'm inhaling what you're exhaling. <laughs> and therefore, if you're infected and you don't know, you know, people still spit on the street in Camden and I tell them that I just, I won't have it. I'm just like, dude, you can't spit on the street anymore. Those Can days, you, are go those, that was always gross, but those days are gone. You have to not spit on the street. And I've told a few men that. I never see women, I, t I tweeted about this and said, I never see women spitting on the street. And those people, I've seen women spitting on the street. I've never seen a woman spit on the street in my life. No, so you, I'll see a man spit on the street in Camden every day. Um, and even since lockdown, um, well, if I go for a walk, it's not, it's not well, uncommon. But their saliva is self-entitled and takes space. Whilst we swallow yeah. ours, them. Because, you know, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to make a mess. We've been trained. Um, <laughs> swallow your feelings. Um, yeah, but very, um, that's spit. the right thing to do as a human being, is to swallow. I mean, we, we should not swallow our feelings. We should process them. But we should sp swallow our saliva. I'm sorry. I just don't. I just feel quite strongly about it. Yeah. Also, they're not running a marathon. Like, I, I, I know there are circumstances in which human beings might need to do that. But just standing on the street to yes. having a fag is not one. Is not one. <laughs>Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Can you tell me, are there, is there anything you've been binging when the boys go to bed yeah. that you think, oh God, I want to tell people about that TV show or that film, a book, anything like that? Well, see, weirdly, I don't know what it is, but I've gone back to the stuff that I watched when I was an 18-year-old girl. <gasps> like it's probably I've sentimentality, gone... nostalgia, like simpler well, time. Well, it's just like I went for a walk the other day and the wind blew through me. And I had like a ghost of a memory of my 18 year old self in a field with the, and it's that same sensation. And it was like, I had to get home and I had to listen to the foodies. <laughs> like, <I don't> know. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was bizarre. So I've been watching Sleepless in Seattle. Nice. Valley, um, Tootsie, like, oh. yeah, great ones. But then I have watched The Affair. I've gone back to that which is an amazing Sky show. And oh my God. I watched that. I didn't watch all the seasons actually. At some point it sort of got away from the original premise. Yeah. But the first couple of seasons, it's so good. If you've not watched it, um, you see this affair, mar extramarital affair yeah. begin um, between a man and a woman. Dominic West, who was in uh, The Wire. Yes. And uh, what's the name of the actress? Do you know her name? 
Ruth Wilson. Ruth Wilson. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else Ruth Wilson did before, but lots. And she's well known. And yeah. the two Luther. of them... What was that? Luther. She was in that. Luther. Mm. So the two of them meet and you see the sort of spark between them. And then that's half the program. And then the second half of the, ep the same episode is the whole thing from the other one's point of view. So you see it from all from his point of view, then you see it from her, her point of view. And the memories are actually different. And it's so true of life. There's a lovely bit in the, this isn't really a spoiler, but in the pilot that, because the first step, but yeah. um, that he, the second time he sees her, she's on the beach and it's night and there's a bonfire and stuff. And in his point of view, she's like wearing, I think she's like wearing a cardigan, but the, 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 the sleeves fall oh, off to her. When it's his point of view, she's alluring. Yeah, she's, got, she's got nothing on her shoulders or something's falling off her shoulder and it's all like bare shoulders and bare up here. When you see it from her point of view, she's rugged up in a cardi. Yeah. And she's sort of basically trying to put him off. But she's, in his point of view, she's very alluring. It's like, that is so true of how you remember your version of events. Of you led me on or you, you yeah. asked me to come back to your place. And I'm like, no, you asked me to come back to your place. And of course, there's this truth that probably in most cases sits somewhere between you. But yeah. it's so fascinating. And the first season blew me away for that reason. That yeah. everything you see from different people's points of view. And it's not just different camera angles, it's different lines of dialogue, different costumes. Yeah. yeah. And it and it's fantastic because like there's there's a couple of characters that are ugly beautiful. Like Dominic West's character is ugly beautiful. Like he's mm. a classic um perpetrator, narcissist, but mm. always the victim. And you kind of you he lures you in because you do feel sorry for him. But then mm. as he's developed, you're like this guy is a psychopath. He does the same thing over and over again. He doesn't take any responsibility. And it's fascinating. It's a really well-drawn, likable narcissist mm. who avoid at all costs. But, yes. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's a brilliant show. And that's a, that's a sort of oldie but a goodie. Um, Old, yeah. Oldie but a goodie. And it doesn't need to cry. Like, for me, that's, it. that's been a good way to release the trauma and the fear is having a good cry at a, and like and, and better at that at the TV, not necessarily have an existential crisis about my whole life, but just really cry about a character dying. And, you know, that's really sad. Yes, catharsis. We need art. We need, we need art yeah. because we need somebody else to well, be on that screen, taking the risk, living the, living the braver life. And we need to feel through them and for them. Someone's saying Grey's Anatomy does that for me. Yes, I think Grey's Anatomy in its early days as well was a, a peach yeah. of a show. Um, is there anything we can help you with that's like a feminist or activist cause? Is there anything close to your heart that we today could get behind and follow, donate to, uh, get Women's involved Aid. with, amplify? Women's Aid, straight away. Women's Aid, Women's Aid. Okay, so we'll make a story of Women's Aid. Is there any reason um, that you love Women's Aid or anything you'd like to tell us about it or how we can get involved and help? I mean, they helped me. And oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And, and, I, and I had no idea I was in a situation because it wasn't typical. No bruises. And my best friend just kept going, call them, call them. And I remember thinking, so hysterical. But I would give her lip service and I'd go, yeah, Yes, I will. And then eventually I cracked and I did call them. And then I sort of gave them details. And they eventually just said, you've been in an abusive relationship. And, and that was like the floor fell like from beneath me. And I, I just felt, it was so interesting. I felt humiliated. Mm. That feeling. And then fear. And, and, then, and then suddenly uh, I was surrounded by so much information what to do and the local charities and all of that and then I had so much support and I, I, literally it was almost like I did a degree in um, coercive control kind of thing wow. and it, yeah, it just opened up a whole new world and I was just like I had no idea I had no idea and I had no idea how prevalent it is like one in four women suffer mm. with that means like your did the did your family and friends around you other than this friend spot it and know or was it something that you kind of felt you had to manage yourself and you weren't truly ad maybe admitting to yourself you didn't know the signs and you of course you love this person and 
Yeah. It, were, were, the other, were there other people in your life who were like, when you said, I, I believe I'm in an abusive relationship, now I get it, that went, oh, thank God you've said? Or were they surprised? So what, weirdly, when I finally, because it took me three times to leave, when I finally left, I had lots of dear friends come, come back to me and go, We've been, we have been worried for your life. We've been really scared. Um, he, he's never going to change and it was just getting worse. And we were watching from afar. And every time you ran back, we'd have to kind of grit our teeth and be like, okay, she's happy now. And it, like, you know what? It's, it's, it's so common that people yo-yo back, yo-yo back because mm. they're very persuasive. They love bomb you. And, you know, they make you feel like you're the only one that will keep, give them life and love. So it's an ego trip to go back to someone who's like, I'll die if you're not there for me. And that's coercive control. Like if someone said, I'll kill myself. But like, you're, you know, you're raised on, you know, romantic novels and rom-coms that to have someone who's like, I'm nothing without you. It's actually, yeah. that, that feed into our brains to be like, oh my God, that man really loves you. And actually that man's really controlling and not giving you um, a free choice to leave. Because right. you have to right yeah because they're taken away by saying but especially if you've got children with someone yeah you know like you don't want anything to happen to the father of your children no matter how you feel about them and that's yeah horrifying coercive control um i'm so sorry you've been through all that and i'm so happy that women women's aid was there for you and we will make a story about them um for instagram and we'll get everyone to follow and donate if they can and i always say every day if you can donate great and if you can't because you've been furloughed or you've lost your job or whatever um that's that's you know there's no need to donate if you if you can't but amplifying giving them a follow or giving them a retweet or a repost telling other people or even sending their details by whatsapp or text to someone who has got a full-time job their income is the same but now there's no going down the pub their gym membership suspended they're not spending money on movies or theater nights or anything like that and now they've got like uh, you know more disposable income they did and if you say to them listen i wondered i heard this story about women's aid and i wondered if you would be interested in you know giving them a tenor or giving them a direct debit for a while while lockdown's on they might just do that and imagine if you're working for women's aid and all this money's being diverted to covid of course and people are you know, holding tight to what they've got, if suddenly they've got 100 new followers today, they would feel renewed yeah. to go and do something tomorrow. It's, it's quadrupled that the amount of cases that they're having because, you know, lockdown is, is, is like a boiling point. Like, mm-hmm. most perpetrators don't like being told what to do. Um, mm. So the person that's going to get it in the neck is the partner. So mm. it's, it's a really scary time for people who want to leave but can't. Because well, it's also about now you're with them 24-7 in lockdown. Yeah. There's no respite. There's no, well, they go off to work for eight hours and I can go and see my mum and reboot and regroup. It's now like in your face all of the time. And, as you, and that makes a hot house of a situation like that. So I was so, doing a programme and there were women in, in group that were still with their perpetrator. Now they were going to group to build up the courage and make plans to leave. Now, there would be thousands of women, you know, being educated, knowing, finally waking up that their, their partner does not love them, they're controlling and this is going to get worse. But then suddenly, one day, boom, you can't go to group. You can't talk on the phone because he can hear you. And it's like that for me, I really, I'm so scared for those, those people in that situation. They can't get out. Yeah. It's true. And now if they're obeying the rules, which of course most people are. Um, uh, they can follow know, their instincts. Yeah, <laughs> the ones that, those of us who are not following our normal familial instincts to see our mums and best friends and all that, um, we, yeah. you know, we're not doing that. Then, you know, that's, um, those normal interactions, a place where you, if you are in a coercive controlling relationship or an abusive relationship or combination of the two, um, one is the other probably but um that that you are you are not able to restore or refuel anywhere else either and yeah. he can say to you we can't go out that's the law yeah so mm-hmm. it's 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 absolutely rife right now so if you have got a tenner or even a pound to go, go to woman's aid and if you haven't 
then just amplify them, send them to someone who has, you know, retweet them, get, get a bunch of your friends to follow them today because that will mean a lot to them. And they yeah. will be providing lots of extra services to women who some of them are, you know, trying to call secretly on the phone or trying to get they, out because it's send, a come to a boiling point. They can send texts now. If, they, if you go to Women's Aid um, Instagram or their uh, website, there's a phone number where they can text and then they can silently report and, and, then, and then once you've logged it, um, you've got a number log. So down the line, they will take you to court, especially if you have children. And then you've got all those logs of the woman's aid. And that builds up evidence to prove that you were in an abusive relationship. I did not know this. But also, you can reach out to your GP. And you can talk to your GP about your relationship. Again, I did not know this. Mm. Log. And that is, again, it's all about building evidence to prove that this person has been abusive. The trouble is when you get into a court situation, you don't have that filing system because you had no idea that coercive control was abuse. You didn't even know what the word was. Um, it's very much he said, she said, and then it's very, you know, mm -hmm. and, and it's then it's then it becomes like a TV drama. And you're just people like, are getting a lot out of this, Kerry. Um, but, um, really? Somebody hits because Daisy says I'm relating to this loads. We'll head over to donate after this. Right. JZ Beck says your strength is phenomenal, Kerry. And then JZ says, oh, wow, I didn't know you could call your doctor. So yes. um, Mike's giving you a thumb up, thumbs up. So, uh, yeah, it, this is really, really important and useful stuff. Um, do you have any renewed hope? I've been so silent about this. I've been the mute victim and I've just been so frightful not to say anything about my experience and I've not named him or anything. Mm -hmm. But it's like during the lockdown, and I just felt angry and I felt like, why have I got to be silenced? Why can't I just say the stuff that I've learned and pass it forward? And I'm not denigrating the person because I just want to say, look, it was my experience and this is my truth. And I'm not going to give you any detail, but it did, does exist and it can happen to anyone of any background. I mean, it was so fascinating, the GP that you know, when I was sort of talking to her and she started listing all these things and all these feelings that I would feel and all the kind of things that that person would do to you. And, I, and she looked at me and then, and she said, and how do you think I know all this? And it was such a movie. Oh my God. And I went, because it happened to you. And she oh. was like. And then that she, is like a TV drama. Completely. And then she looked at me and she went, you're going to have 20 years of this. So you've got to buck up. And, and, and that was because I was, I was a wreck straight away. Um, and, and she was right. She was right. It's like, this is a marathon. So get ready. Because they're going to fight you every single time, regards the kids. So wow. with all the women that are listening that relate to this, it's, you know, don't let them win. And every day that you are away, you've won. So, you know, the fact that you left, you got your freedom and you made the best choice and don't live in fear and, and, and regret. It's like, it's your choice. It's your life. You only live once. So go for you and don't go for being controlled and trying to please other people. Like for me now, I'm like, fuck that. There's being nice and stuff like that. But I did a disservice to myself by constantly putting other people's needs before my own. And now I realize it's like, yeah. you've got to look after yourself, especially, especially now. Yes, 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 especially now. Because now all of humanity is being kind of, uh, you know, our way of life of, of you know, is being, uh, is completely being turned upside down overnight. And we, we're all experiencing, you know, some trauma from lockdown, the fear of COVID and the fear of the future. On top of that, to have somebody else in control, when we're losing control over basic things like whether we can see our mums or our sisters or whatever, uh, whether we can go for a drink in a pub, we've lost control over all of that. So to have someone else controlling our every day is so untenable. And 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 please seek help if you're watching this and you're under, if you're if you're identifying with it. Um, JZ says Centrelink in Australia. Um, I had to get two people to verify my situation and was given two hundred dollars to catch a flight home and hid in another friend's house for a month. My God. Um, 
uh, Run Bait Girl is saying, uh, she's a regular watcher, says, can't you say to someone at Boots as well and they'll take you to a safe room? That's true. Yes. Yeah. Uh, if you go into Boots, because your partner will not be suspicious of you going into Boots, yeah. potentially, if you say, oh, I've got to go in and, uh, and get, uh, you know, some medicinal supplies of some sort and you could just go up and say, I need a safe house and they'll take you into the back room. Yeah. Um, uh, someone called Tuppence says, I would very much like to speak with you, um, but I don't know what, uh, in, in, in sort of what capacity there. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, so there's lots of people saying things. Uh, oh, she says, uh, actually, you know what? I don't need to. Okay, you've said it. Ah, I've just heard you talk about a huge period of my life as though it was me. I've been there. You're credible. You are, oh, you're incredible. You're both credible and incredible. That's, that's, <laughs> um, uh, yes, that, uh, oh, someone from Boots says, yes, that's true. We can take you into the private rooms used for checkups and vaccines. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there, there are options and there are texting options if you're frightened that your partner might hear you. Um, yeah. thank you for being so open and honest about this. I really appreciate it. And I, and I, feel like this is going to help a lot of people and a lot of people watching this because this will stay on Instagram live and then it'll go onto YouTube as well. And people recommend certain episodes to friends. So I imagine there'll be a lot of people who watch it just because it's the new normal and they watch it every day yeah. um, over the next 24 hours or 48 hours. And then they'll be like, I have to send this to my friend. So I think that's the way these social media works now is people go, Oh, you need to watch this. I've been saying this to you for ages. And I think it's really going to help a lot of people and your bravery to speak out in such Hello. a dignified way you know without you're not naming anybody and you're not um it's clear you're not uh, on you're not on the attack you're on the you're on the honest revelation for connection with other women um or people of minority genders who may be living in this kind of fear um and occasionally cis men as well but much more rarely of course completely another symptom is also if if you have that horrible lurching feeling in your stomach like butterflies and you like you've got shaky legs that I didn't know and your chest feels tight that is a panic attack and you're living in fear mm -hmm. I, I had that for a long time whenever we there would be episodes that would be my like reaction and I was losing a lot of weight and it was and I lost like every time I had my children's I lost weight really quickly and and it always spikes when you're pregnant and when you've got a newborn child because it's not about that person it's about you give all your energy to keep mm. the child alive because it's a baby mm. and um, textbook is perpetrators they they dial up because they're not getting attention so they then become more difficult and it becomes a very dangerous time for women actually when they're yeah because that's the worst possible time as well because this infant is needing you feeding off you needing you 24 7 and then somebody else is demanding this attention in a cruel and coercive way um, or feel like like but, but there were cases that I heard that you know women weren't allowed to feed um, the child their breast because the breast belonged to the husband, and it's you know you and it's all it's it's, uh, it's completely it's crazy how some women live like that and and it's just they're normal but it's not and it's like for mm -hmm. me if you're at home and you have this lurching feeling every like three times a day you're not in a happy relationship. Okay, you might have loving, beautiful moments, but if you have that moment of fear within your relationship, it's you're not on parity with that person because mm -hmm. they're frightened. And I don't think, you know, this might be a big aha moment to someone listening. Go, ah, oh, shit. Yeah, somebody. In fact, I think it has been uh, uh, possibly in some way or another. Uh, Georgia says, could you talk more about that? And do you, Georgia, do you mean the panic attacks and the feeling of uh, sickness? Um, so it's a, like it's a sick, sick feeling, and then your legs feel like uh, buckling. Oh, uh, uh, they almost feel like hollow. Your legs, like you're, it's almost like you're a vessel, and you're a bag of nerves. Like for me, a panic attack was you can't breathe. Like that's what I call a panic attack, and I was like coping with this weird bodily sensation quite well because it would pass. But and are you frightened of the other person's emotions being turned upon you? Yeah, yeah, and and just like you, you know, they have a big explosion. They're fine because they've done what they needed to do. You've placated, it's settled down. But then you have the trauma of the explosion, right? You know? 
And it's like you absorb that, even if it's even if they don't hit you. Often they don't hit you. But when it gets violent, it's that's that the very end. And often when it when you have coercive controlling person, they've been coercive controlling for twenty years. And then one day after twenty years of micromanaging someone or character assassinating, all sorts of saying things like, you know, the trouble with you, you don't like people. And like telling them what they think on a right. all the time. And then so you don't know really you you start to lose your sense of self because they're telling right. you constantly drip they're reinventing you. who you are to you yeah. so it's and gaslighting it become you start to become an anti because they want to isolate you and then they're like oh she never goes out she hates it oh, i just want to be out and you know you're always the, the prick in the situation so when you do leave all their outer circle agree with them because that's yeah. what they do priming Oh, I see. She doesn't like coming out. She doesn't like coming out. She won't yes. come out with me. And then that, that, that's, a, that's a reputation built. So it's another way of controlling you, controlling how you appear to other people. Yeah. Um, if you have a okay, that's 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 really... That's a, that's a red flag. Because yeah. you're the one that should do your own analysis on your personality, really. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Your own self-care, your responsibility. Somebody says this is what Trump has done to America. I would agree with that. There is a lot of gaslighting in politics that goes on now uh, completely. Obviously, it's very different from emotional and personal in your house, but it is, it, there, there is something to that. Um, somebody's asking, uh, how do you help a friend out of this? If you can see or you think you can see that this is the situation for a friend, is there any, are there any ways of talking to that friend that might open this up for them? It's, it's really, it's a really hard road because you can give them the tough love and then you can lose them because they're petrified. Um, but I was lucky. I had a friend that just stood by me no matter what. But then the last time I took that person back and then something happened and I, I always would tell her everything. The way she looked at me, it was almost like she was so disappointed that I would accept that behavior and not do anything. And then I suddenly thought, I'm going to lose my best friend. And this person, mm. I've known this person longer, my whole life. And I just thought, I can't. And that was it. That was, the, that was my moment of going, uh -uh, I'm living a lie. This is, this is done. But it, it, so it's really, really hard because I had a friend very early on in the relationship who saw straight away and she would tell me, I don't like how he talks to you. I don't like this. And I got angry because I would be crying at her saying all these things. And, and then, and she'd say, you need to leave him. And then I'd get mad at her and, mm -hmm. and, and storm out, you know, yeah. because I was so love. And this is what love, love is. You know, right. Dangerous. We're just yeah. kind of don't be so theatrical and tell me I've got to dump him. It's, you know, that person horribly has to experience it more than once. And it like, the reality is it doesn't take three times really. It's like the average is it takes about 11 times to leave a perpetrator. If you but they're good, at, they're good at luring you back in, as you say. And there's a drama and a theatricalness too, that big shift of if the leaving is very horrible and then the, I need you back. You know that I love you. You know that I'll, I'll, I'll change you. You, you know that, you know, um, you know, we're good together. You, you yeah. know, you know, this is a, and it, it's painted as sort of part of this huge passionate love affair that you're Catherine and Heathcliff, you're Ross and Rachel, you're, you know, you're, you're meant to be, you're my kismet, you know, and that's why we're so passionate. We love each other so much. And those other boring couples don't really love each other the way we do. And then that's very alluring. If you've had a big trauma and you've had a terrible time, it's extremely alluring to want this, you know, love back to this love bomb is very, love bombs are very, very alluring. And, and also then this sort of passionate makeup sex and all of that sort of stuff. And yeah. Yeah. And then you can't think straight because you're full of oxytocin. It's mm. like, you know, my advice when you start to date again is don't abstain, don't have sex because you can't make a logical decision on a human being when you're, when your fanny is full of lust, you just can't. Was that, did, that might be your t-shirt quote. Every day, 
something that the guest says is put on a t-shirt it's it's it's, it's print on demand so there's no waste and they're sourced locally now because ashling b insisted um but the money goes straight to the artist so in this case it's 100 goes to you there's nothing goes to the merch store or the guilty feminist the profit goes purely to you and um and it's always something that people are now saying t-shirt yeah um don't make decisions when your fanny's full of lust is that what you said yeah yeah don't make decisions when your fanny's full of lust is a great and it's a great t-shirt it will sell i will be honest with you but it will say x kerry howard the new normal and uh stay at home so can't make your fanny is full is it fanny is full what i mean how do you want us to put this you can't make a logical decision when your fanny is full, filled with lust hannah yeah. hannah from the merch store will make a pithy version of that to put on a t-shirt and it will I'm, be print on demand. I'm very liberal in the writer's room. I'm like, if someone's got a better tweak on it, go for it, girl. Okay, all right. So Hanny, Hannah, Hannah, you're free to polish that because yeah. it was ad-libbed and it is brilliant. But it is true as well. You are not, you're not, just if your fanny's full. Genitals don't not, make good decisions. They just don't. What's that? Well, genitals do not make good decisions. Another T-shirt. Another in a series of excellent <laughs> Kerry Howard T-shirts. Kerry, we're about to get cut off because this only lasts for one hour, Instagram Live. So okay. I'm going to finally ask you, when, when, we, when you're out of lockdown, if you could go back to doing anything you wanted again, what's the first thing you'd do if you could? Do you know what I really love doing is outdoor swimming. Like I, there's a pool that's outdoors near me. And it's a 20 minute drive. And that was one of my, when I didn't have my children, I would drive, listen to the radio, have 10 minutes of like, 20, 20 minutes of decompression. And then I'd get on, in that outdoor pool and I'd look at the trees and I'd be like, I would pinch myself and go, oh my God, Kerry, this is your life. You've made it. And that, you know, I'd love to have that. But I, do you know what? If I never have it again, I've had it and I've had it many times and I have that memory in it. And it, I still feel like oh, that's like, that is my BAFTA nomination to have a life that was beautiful like that. Kerry, you're a real inspiration. Thank you for your truth, your humanity, uh, your vulnerability mixed with strength that um, has really genuinely inspired us all today to look at our lives up close, uh, to start making changes uh, at, at the things that do not serve us, as you said before, and to be grateful and appreciative, appreciative for the things that we have. And even some of the things that we had that we may not have again, but we have in memory. Uh, yeah. You've been a beautiful soul to be on this show. And oh. this is one of my favorite ever episodes. Oh, it's, I'm, sh I'm sure it will be watched far and wide. So many people are gonna recommend this and send it to people. And it will almost certainly allow a, um, a number of women to make a very difficult decision that they've needed to make for a long time. Uh, so your power is uh, is not is not theoretical. Good. Choose you. That's my message. Choose you. Thank yeah. you, Kerry. It would be great for you to come on the Guilty Feminist sometime and talk about this if you want to. I'd love to. I'd love to. I I, I think it would really really help people because I think also because you're a communicator, you're you're a, you're a very fine actor and and uh, comedian and uh, those communication skills are really uh, mutable you know you can just you know how to tell a story you know how to pick it up and put it down and you're doing it with such uh dignity and respect and i i really admire it so i'd love you to come on the guilty feminist and tell this story again to the broadest possible audience um you've been absolutely wonderful thank you right, take care. i really appreciate it uh this week i'm not sure who else we've got on this week but i know we've got uh two dairy girls we've got sister michael uh siobhan mcsweeney we've got jamie lee who plays michelle and we've got nikesh shukla uh who wrote uh, and compiled the good immigrant um and his new book called Brown Baby. And uh, we've also got Jessica Regan, who does our big speeches, but is uh, a very fine actress and is, is, is known far and wide. She does our, our big speeches. She also does the uh, our Best Pick podcast that's just been nominated for a British Podcast Award. I'm not sure what order those are in, but it is, um, I'll, I'll repeat the story so that you can see. I'll also put a woman's aid story up and an affair story up uh, for Kerry and uh, check those out. And uh, we've got brilliant guests every single day this week, but we've started with an incredibly high bar on Monday. And whoever's coming next is gonna have to really take a big old run up to clear that bar. Thank you so much, Kerry Howard. You've been absolutely wonderful. I can't wait to see your t-shirt. Yay, you too. Take care. I'll send you, I'll send you a proof. Bye, thank you. Bye. Bye.
the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.